What is up and welcome in to Post Loons episode 16 following a uh, deflating, disappointing 2-2 draw at Vancouver. Joining me to break it all down and react to it is the man from Pot on You Loons, the host of Pot on You Loons. Sam, how you doing, man? Doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And boy, do we have some stuff to talk about right off the top here. Before we do that, though, let me get this housekeeping stuff out of the way. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up on the stream. That is huge. Um, whether you're watching on Twitter or YouTube, whether you're watching on 10,000 Pitches Twitter, on my Twitter, or on the 10K YouTube channel, please leave a question or comment in the chat for us to get to. I assume a lot of those questions and comments are going to be uh, about the controversial uh, penalty decision at the end costing the loons a couple points there so get those questions and comments in make sure you leave a thumbs up on the stream if you're watching on youtube make sure you follow us on twitter at 10k pitches and follow pod on you loons on twitter too at pod loons all right sam that's out of the way um 90 plus three we get a situation in the box it's ethan finley and uh for for the life of me i cannot remember who it was for vancouver uh but jockeying for position Looks like while Finley is beaten to the ball, he doesn't initiate any of the contact, but there is contact and the referee decides to call the penalty. What was your initial reaction? I I don't mind losing. I don't mind drawing. I don't mind heartbreak. What I do mind is I, I mind when something is just taken from you and it, yep. and it doesn't seem fair. Um, if you listen to the show, you know that two thirds of our show is made up of teachers, myself included. And yeah. us teachers, we're all about fairness. And that just, that just didn't seem right. No. Um, it didn't, it didn't seem right. Just from the naked eye, just watching it, it didn't look like a penalty. Um, and then it didn't seem right that Ethan Finlay, who is not, uh, you know, this season hasn't been necessarily up to his standards. I know lately he has had a great run of form, but the season did not start out great for him, but he was having a fantastic game today and he was vintage Ethan Finlay today. Um, I, I, I know that he was up for man of the match. I don't know if he actually got it or not, but he was having a great game. And to see that Ethan Finlay is the man that conceded the penalty. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll use that in quotes that he conceded yeah, he the penalty. I, I mean, that's heartbreaking, too. That doesn't seem fair for anyone. No. And let's talk about after the decision's made that this is this is why you have VAR. Like, referees in the moment make mistakes. It happens. They make wrong calls. You know, human, right? This is why you have VAR. And I didn't even see Sam. Did you see, did the referee even get to the monitor before the decision was made? Did they even actually officially take a look at it at the monitor? I didn't see them go to the monitor. It just, I didn't see it. Either. I, I saw the earpiece. So yeah, that to me is, is why does that even exist? That sort of, uh, the, that backup, that, that, that safety net. Why does that even exist? If you're not going to use that at all in this scenario where, Yes, you have the people in the truck. Yes, you have the guys looking at it. I mean, but to only give it a few seconds and not even allow the op the opportunity for the ref to get to the monitor and look at it at himself. Um, I have I have been in those video operating rooms. I kind of know how those operate. I do kind of have like an inside look at this. And really? so Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Um, Did not know this. So I try to look at this from the the official's pers perspective a lot. And I do kind of have a different perspective on a lot of these things. But this, for the life of me, I don't understand why they didn't take the time. Being such a crucial point in the match. I mean, it's not like this happened in the 25th or 30th minute. It's not like it was a two-goal lead. Like, this is, you're deciding the match on this. At least take the time to look at it. Because it's it's the last kick. It's the last kick of the match. They didn't even allow Minnesota the opportunity to advance the ball off the kickoff. So you, why not take a look at it? That to me, that was the most dumbfounding part to me. Not necessarily the initial call because that happens. Referees do make mistakes in the heat of the moment. They see things differently in, in the run of play. I get it. But you, this is why 
that that backup plan exists of VAR. And they did not even u- really utilize it at all from what I saw. Now, just to be the devil's advocate, and trust me, I don't want to be the devil's advocate right now, but I guess there's a difference between a wrong call and a soft call. And mm-hmm. so if the referee made a soft call, and you go to VAR, like you can't overturn a soft call. Once a soft call is made, that's going to stand. So do you think maybe that might be it, that he's in his earpiece, the guys in the van are telling him the contact was there, that's what you called, there's nothing we can do? I, I that, does, that doesn't sit well with me. I understand I, the devil's advocate side of that, but that doesn't sit well with me. Eric Grady, we have a ton of comments on this, by the way. Eric Grady says, why doesn't yeah. the ref look at the monitor there? I completely agree with you, Eric. You know, if there's if there's one instance where the ref should take the time to look at the monitor and take even extra time to look at the monitor, it's in the last kick of a match that's that's going to decide it. Um, yeah, absolutely. He goes on to say, "I get the call in live time, but slow down. It was so obvious. Um, yeah, uh, it, it looked pretty obvious that that Finley was not the one that initiated the contact, at least on the replay. Um, he was beaten to the ball." No doubt, uh, but he didn't initiate any of the contact there. Uh, so, like you said, soft call, right, Sam? More than a necessarily a wrong call there. Uh, Dave Valensky says, "Yeah, it's a, it's a fall going the other way." When the whistle initially blew, I thought they were go- they did call a foul on Vancouver, and we were going the other way with a goal kick, Sam. Um, that's that's what, what that's what I thought reaction. too. Yeah. And then to see the the penalty, and there was a long discussion before we actually got confirmation from Cal that they were pointing to the spot as well. Um, I thought that if penalty was the initial call, even in that conversation, that it was going to be overturned and at least go the other way. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, if you have any questions or comments on this or any portion of the match, feel free to drop those in the chat, whether you're watching on uh, YouTube or Twitter here. Uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, this portion of the match and uh, and the match as a whole um, for for uh, as long as this goes here, as long as you guys send in the comments and questions, we will be here. Uh, but let's take a little bit of a detour from this, unless you have any more specific thoughts on, on this instance, Sam. Um, if you have any, I'll let you go. But if not... Let's go ahead and go into our three things, which really have to do more as the match as a whole. No, I, I don't have anything else to add. I I mean, it sucks. I, I yeah, it Can sucks. we say much more than that? Then it, it yeah, sucks. A great it's... way to sum it up. It sucks. Absolutely, it does. Um, so let's go into our three things, which are mostly positive, because to be quite tra- transparent, we put these in the dock before the, uh, <laughs> before the, yep. the, the penalty call happened. So... Uh, Sam, you're the guest. I'll give you the honors. What's your first thing? So first thing I wanted to bring up, because I'm I'm a big fan of dysfunction um, on on the Pot on You Loons. We, we have a kind of not quite a recurring segment anymore, but we we call it our big club day football or the, the, the big CF. And hearing that the rest of the Canadian teams got to return home, but Vancouver Whitecaps could not return home because of a scheduling issue involving a wizard exhibit. I think it's called Wings and Wizards. So their stadium is being used for basically a Harry Potter knockoff exhibit, which looks pretty cool. I I looked at the trailer for it. Don't get me wrong. That sounds great, but you know, timing. But so they get to return home at the end of August, but the wizard exhibit goes until like basically until what we would call Labor Day. I don't know if they have Labor Day there or not. But so there's going to be, I think, three Vancouver home games I looked up that overlap with this wizard thing. So I'm a little bit more confused if they can timeshare the stadium for the last for those three games. Why not all of them? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I, I would think that first of all, Okay, yeah, you're using the stadium for the exhibit, but why on earth are you using the stadium for an exhibit that exists for over a month? That makes no sense. It's not like this is a museum, Sam. It's their, it's their, it's the stadium. It's like if US Bank Stadium just decided, yeah, we're gonna throw in an exhibit for a month in the middle of Viking season. People would lose their minds. 
they must have assumed that they weren't coming back or something. I, I don't know. I, I'll give them credit. I, I'm, I'll give the stadium officials credit that they probably were trying to do what was best in probably trying to make up on some lost revenue um, that they've experienced over the past year or so. I'll give them that credit. I just don't totally get, like when I heard that they had a scheduling conflict involving a wizard thing, that was funny enough, but now I'm really confused and I'm wondering if you can pack up the exhibit and put it into storage and then bring it back out again three times for three games. Why not all of them? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm picturing this thing like taking up the whole floor, right? Like the whole length of yeah. the floor. And so having to like pack that up, stuff it in a closet basically and let the match play and then get it back out. And put it all back together. That seems very, very uh, inconvenient and tedious. Yeah, it sounds awful. I don't, I don't envy the, uh, you know, the the setup and teardown crew there up at uh, up in up in Vancouver. But anyways, um, yeah, that's that was very interesting. I I was I was kind of dumbfounded when I first heard that too. Um, so my first thing, uh, third time in four matches, Robin Lotus scored a a late clutch goal. Um, scored the equalizer against Seattle, the winner against Portland, and now what was looking to be the winner against Vancouver until it wasn't. Uh, but either way, uh, he is really coming into his own, and he has been one of, if you look statistically, one of the most clutch players in MLS over the course of the season, but especially these last two weeks. Yeah, a- absolutely. And everyone's taking note. Everyone's noticing this year. Robin Lud is on every Minnesota every Minnesota fan's mind. It used to be why is Lud in the lineup? Now it's yeah. why is Lud being subbed out? Why would why would we ever sub Lud out if you know he's going to score when it matters the most? To shout out Grant from the Dummy Run podcast hashtag unsubbable Robin Lud right there, uh, and he showed it again tonight. All right, Sam. Second thing. Second thing we. Do have two DPs starting the game on the bench, uh, two consecutive games with Jan Gregish and Adrian Hunu, both starting on the bench for two consecutive games. Adrian Hunu made it in for an entire half today, and Jan Gregish made it in at, at least for the last three minutes today. And he played probably 30 in the previous game, but mm. two DPs on the bench, two consecutive games. That's an interesting. Yeah, hearing uh, some rumors that Jan Gregish could be on his way out uh, at season's end. Um, he was influential, obviously, in the uh, in the most recent match against uh, against LAFC, helping uh, assist on the equalizer there late in that match. Um, so thought maybe that might have earned some uh, you know some trust in terms of getting him out on the field for a little bit longer, but was not to be tonight. Like you said, only out there for a few minutes was Gregish. And then it wasn't until halftime when Heath completely changed the whole shape around back to the 4-2-3-1 that he brought Adrian Nunu on the pitch. Um, and so my initial thinking was, and you know, we put these pregame questions in the notes just to kind of get our brains going and get us, you know, maybe some um inspiration for what our three things are gonna be. And so when I looked at the lineup and I saw, okay, we're going to the 4-3-3 again, and we're going again with load up top and Finley on the right. It's like, does this does this say something about Adrian Heath's trust in Adrian who knew at that point too? Because it's second straight match, so it's not like it's a rotationary thing where you're trying to get him rest. This is a second straight match where he has started on the bench. Um, but uh, obviously Heath was not happy with how the first half played out. Switches back to the four two three one. Who knew's on the pitch, and you see what happens. Uh, the team pretty much dominated the second half back in their old shape. Um, so we'll see what that says moving forward for what Adrian Heath does with the lineup because the 4-3-3 traditionally has not been something that Minnesota United has excelled in. Um, they got the late draw against LAFC in that 4-3-3, but um, tonight it, it took it took until halftime and it took a really lackluster first half for Adrian Heath to go to his you know DP striker at that at that point. Yeah. And- just before we move on, let's just move back to Gregish too, because I think with the formation change uh, going to the four three three, that makes his situation especially interesting. Because knowing that we normally play in a four two three one, knowing that you're only going to have two midfield spots for 
right? You have you have Gregish, you have Hassani, you have Ozzy, you have Trap, you have Hayes. That's a crowded midfield right there. Um, when you, when you only have two spots and you can only play two at a time, but when you have three, seeing that Gregush on the bench in favor of Hayes two games in a row, that's interesting. That that is interesting, especially when you consider that with Fragapane injured, Adrian Heath made the decision to switch from our normal four two three one into a four three three. I'm assuming because he wanted Hayes on the field. I'm, I'm assuming that he did that to get Hayes on the field. My only thought is, is that in, right. And this, this kind of reminds me of a lot of Heath's comments about Christian Ramirez, about how he, he thinks that the team that Christian Ramirez on didn't suit him, but he thinks that the, the team that Minnesota United have developed into would have better suited Christian Ramirez and he would have been much more successful. I'm I'm wondering with with Gregush when he was featuring more for Minnesota United in 2019, right? You had Ozzy Alonso, right? Mm-hmm. Arguably the best defensive midfielder that the MLS has ever seen. Um, and then in in 2020, Ozzy was was still there, and obviously he's still there right now too. He's just not as prominent of a role. Um, but but you've also seen that Minnesota United has. Uh, has improved in some of uh, other players on Minnesota United have been able to provide what Jan Gregish has traditionally been able to provide as well. Um, Hassani Dotson contributing on the attack. Hassani Dotson continuing to improve as a player overall. Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso being able to take the free kicks that Gregish was so, uh, so prominently featured in before. It just, you kind of see a lot of, Gregish's strengths uh, being covered by other players on the team where his, his weakness would probably be more defensively. Um, and that's not being covered up by Ozzy the same way it would have been before. And that makes me think that Heath trusted Hayes more defensively um, for that reason. Yeah. And that's what, you know, when, when Heath was asked specifically about Ramon Abila and his status and why maybe he wasn't making the trip, Keith mentioned that he's looking for more defensive minded look for the team. That to me is an indicator, maybe why you go to Hayes instead of Gregish in that particular scenario. Hayes is, is more plays a more defensive role. Um, you know, if, if that's what better suits him, then great. Um, we've seen him do well as maybe a more well-rounded midfielder, but you know, that's been the role that Hayes has kind of been tasked with when he's been in the 4-3-3. So that does kind of align with what Adrian Heath was saying. But you're right, though. When you have a DP in Jan Gregush, and you have essentially a, a situation where you can insert a third midfielder, even though Trap, Trap and Dotson have been kind of your main central defensive midfield pairing, when you have a situation to add a third defensive midfielder and you don't add your DP, you add somebody else, you know, Corey Hayes is great, but anybody else aside your DP – that is going to raise some questions, and that is very, very interesting to look at. So, yeah, definitely a, a, a good conversation to have there, Sam. Um, my second thing is this is a big two-week stretch that should have been bigger. My initial second thing just said this was a big two-week stretch, but obviously I had to add that caveat in at the end due to what happened. But either way, you come out of this two weeks – Home against Seattle, home against Portland, Portland at LA, at Portland. You come out of that with eight points. If you would have said you're going to come out of the stretch with eight points heading into that stretch, you'd be like, okay, absolutely. I will take this 10 out of 10 times. I'll take this every day of the week. So while it really is that wound from how this match ended is so fresh at this point, when you look bigger picture, this team is really trending in a positive direction. And the sample size of the rest of the season is looking pretty positive based off what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would definitely agree. Um, y- you know, the part that stings to me so much is looking at the table and we have clawed our way out of the bottom of the Western conference table into, I think we're in six right now for a while. I thought we were going to be in fifth, right. And until that, call at the end it looked like we were going to overtake LAFC and move into fifth 
um, that, that didn't happen. So we, despite our slow start to the season, we were able to claw our way into playoff position. A lot of people didn't even think we'd be able to make the playoffs this year after the first four games, but it, it seems like based on our form and based on right, we've only had one loss since the first four games. So based on our form, you would just think that we'd be higher by now than sixth place. And yeah, I, I, I know that sporting Kansas city had a rough loss today. I, I know that people up top are dropping points, but it seems like there is, there is that top four. That's a little bit hard for us to catch despite, uh, despite the form that we're putting in game in game out. Agreed. All right, Sam, your third thing. Third thing I have is just three straight games of two plus goals. That was our big thing uh, this season. Very frustrating. Uh, so, so far after 16 games, we are averaging 1.2 goals per game. Uh, what has been positive though, is that we're only allowing 1.3 goals per game. So if we can keep this up, keep scoring goals and you got to keep in mind, Frega Pane is not even, he's not even on the field right now. And, yeah. He has been arguably our most impressive offensive player of late, uh, uh, right, along with Lud and Reynoso. But Fregapane definitely has been electric. And then, right, like our, our defense, still very stingy in allowing goals. Um, if we don't count whatever happened at the end of this game, that, that the, these past four games that you're just talking about, Seattle, Portland, LAFC, Vancouver, we're only allowing one one goal per game on average to those four teams. If if you don't count that that heartbreaker at the end, yeah. So we're still stingy on defense despite missing two of our starters, and we're actually improving on offense despite missing our most electric offensive player, arguably. Yep. And that's huge. I mean, having Fragapane out for however long he's out, the sort of build that confidence right off the bat that, you know, I mean, just looking at the team on paper, you can see that, Oh, we got some dudes that can fill in here, right? We got Nico Hanson. We got Ethan Finley, you know, they're, they're very, very quality worthy uh, MLS starters that can fill in, in that role with Fragapani out, but to actually put it into practice and do it on the field and get those results without Fragapane. That's huge for building the confidence of this team moving forward. We don't know how how long Fragapane is going to be out. We haven't really gotten that timeline, at least from what I've seen. Um, but it is a very, very positive thing to know that this team can perform with or without him. Obviously, they're better with him, but they can also perform and put together results without him. That's huge. Didn't we hear it be like a month? Yeah, I think I, I heard like a, a rough estimate, but yeah, I don't think we ever got like an official, official timeline though. But, yeah. you know, it's kind of an unknown, unknown thing too, depending on um, how, how how serious things might be. Um, all right, my my third thing. Uh, Will Trapp, assisted on the Robin Lud goal, continues to be a difference maker in defensive midfield for Minnesota United. Um, I don't think Minnesota has had for as great as their defensive midfield has been from the Greg Alonzo pairing to Hassani Dotson now and Will Trapp. I just don't think they've had a guy like Will Trapp who can turn de- who can turn defense into offense like that. Like it's such a consistent thing with him, whether he is, he is turning something over and passing and starting and starting the counter attack right there. Or in this case, turning the ball over in midfield tanking it up himself, surveying the play and making the right decision to lead to a goal. I mean, it, it's just been so, so nice to see that. Um, not just from the fact that like, obviously it's nice anytime that somebody can assist on a goal, but like you see the other teams have these influential players who are, they're like two-way players, right? They really play both sides of the ball so well. And to see Will Trap show that in the same sequence of play time and time again, it's just, it's awesome to like, just see that unfold in front of you. Like every time it's, it's great. I love it. I agree. And he was a free transfer. I, I still don't know how that, how that, how does that happen? How do you get a player like this as a free transfer? Who's not even that old? No. Right. He's, he's still what? 27, 28, yeah. something like that. 
And this is MLS. This is a league where yeah. teams usually overpay for a guy with Will Trapp's pedigree. And Minnesota got him for nothing. That's, again, it's it's wild to think about. And the impact he has had on this team has been more than I think we could have we could have uh, expected or anticipated, to be honest, right. at least in my opinion. I knew he'd be great. I knew he'd be solid. But to just see it in practice on the field, I don't necessarily think I expected that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, own up to that. I, I thought he would be, as you said, solid. I thought he wouldn't be a liability. I thought that he would be a good veteran presence. I did not think that he would be one of the stars of the team, one of the guys that you look forward to watching game in, game out. And he certainly has been. And uh, it's it's just been awesome to see. All right, before we get into the game notes here, let's leave about our good friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, I text with Derek over at Night Street multiple times per week. Like, like we just connect on that level. And uh, Derek is a just a great guy. Like, we've – obviously – these things start as sort of like a business partnership, right? Hey, you want to help help support us? We'll help support you. It's great. We're both in the soccer community. Good times for everybody. But it really has bloomed into something that like, I'm not necessarily involved financially in Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee like some of these other guys are. But just seeing the day-to-day and seeing the, the, the plans that they have and the things that they want to do and how they want to impact the community – it's made me super passionate in terms of helping out Ninth Street and and you know uh, pushing other people to help support Ninth Street and choose Ninth Street as their place to go for any sort of pickup, whether you want to rent a field or uh, participate in pickup. Um, so let's talk about pickup a little bit. Pickup soccer—it's a great way to stay in shape, no matter your skill level. It, it's it's a cool thing if you're su- super competitive. They have pickup matches for you if you're more casual. You can go there and compete as well. Um, $35 for an unlimited pickup membership. So 801 South Knight Street in Minneapolis. If you're in or around the area or you're just an avid pickup soccer player and you think you might utilize something like this, $35 for an unlimited pickup membership. Or if you just want to do one session or you think you might only do one session a week or whatever, um, it's $5. The times are Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7 p.m. And also new lunch pickup. Tuesday and Thursday at noon. So a lot of different time slots there to get your pickup soccer in. Just go to nightstreetmpls.com or follow them on uh, Facebook and it's, or excuse me, Twitter and Instagram at nightstreetmpls. Uh, big fan of everything they're doing. The coffee shop will be open soon. Um, on, on the Instagram, they kind of have the pictures on how things have progressed. So even if you're not interested in the pickup or anything right now, if you want to learn more about Ninth Street and kind of see their journey, just go to their Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS and check out some of these pictures because it is really cool. I was there back in December. It was, you know, a lot of wooden boards, bare bones. And then I've seen the pictures and the videos and how things have progressed. And now it's night and day from what it looked like seven months ago. So go check them out, NinthStreetMPLS.com. Learn all about them. Rent a field, compete and pick up, uh, or just help support. Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, it's great what they're doing for the community. It's such a like a unique business model too. Um, I'm I'm really very passionate about what they do. Um, so go help support them if you can. Thank the big thanks to them for uh, helping support Post Loons as well, uh, being our main sponsor here. Uh, Dave Valensky says, "Who knew is a solid striker? Why does Adrian feel like you still need to use a false nine? Dave, I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you here. Um, you know, in terms of seeing a false nine you know, applied on the field, I am not the person that's gonna be able to see something like that applied. Um, if you're talking about using Lud um at the striker as a false nine, um it, it, it could be a trust level, it could be a comfort level. Um, it could be something where in the four three three you you don't necessarily with with things changing. You kind of want to go with with who you're most comfortable with up top, um, and maybe the three guys up top that Adrian Heath is most comfortable with are Ethan Finley, Mano Reynoso, and Robin Lud. And where are you going to put those three guys if you trust them the most? You're going to Lud's the one that's going to go up top. So it could be that again. I don't I don't 
claim to know what's going on in Adrian Heath's head. I don't think any of us do. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do think that it was interesting seeing Hanu out for the second straight match, but Adrian Heath saw enough to bring him in at halftime, like we mentioned. And I think he performed well in the second half. And I think his presence on the field really helped uh, fuel the team and kind of uh, contribute to that big second half that they had from an attacking standpoint. Um, Sam, any thoughts on that specifically? Well, was tonight, was this Lud's fourth goal or was it his fifth goal? I believe, I believe it's been five. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. I just checked transfer marked and I don't think it had been updated yet. And I, I guess that's my only response is that I, th- I think he keeps doing it because it's been it's been getting results. It's been getting goals uh, with with a striker. Yeah, it's it's great when it's great when they can press. It's great when they can track back, help out the team. But mostly the stat you're looking for is goals. And Robin Lid's been getting goals. And, and it could be a situation where Unu maybe just has little to no experience in a 4-3-3. Maybe Adrian Heath really prefers when he's on the field with an Emmanuel Reynoso directly behind him as the number 10. You know, there could be a lot of tactical things that, you know, I don't see personally going on there that could uh, that could contribute to that. So, um, but... And, but yeah, and I, I think Unu has a bright Minnesota United future ahead of him. 100%. Yeah. I just think right now Lud is scoring some goals and it's it's <laughs> it's hard to not get excited about putting him up there. Yes, absolutely. All right, so let's get into these game notes here. Uh second minute Loon's create a chance right off the bat as Ray sends a nice ball in for Lud, who gets a head on it, definitely doesn't get all of it, ends up being a comfortable save for Caps keeper Thomas uh Hassel. Hassel? Did you did you uh, I, I always watch these matches with the volume turned down a little bit? Because that's just how my Roku works. Like the commercials are super loud, so the match is super quiet. Um, did you get a pronunciation on the Caps keeper's last name? So you, I mean, if you listen to Put on You Loons, you know that I rely on Justin and I rely on James for all of this stuff. So that that's that's why we bring him on. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Could be Hassel, Hassel, Hassel. Anyways, um, yeah. So got uh, got a comfortable save there in the second minute. In the 15th, Ibar uh, Calcado does some great work to get the ball and finds Johnny O'Bikel. Um, unmarked in the box, but Bikel's curling shot is wide. Um, sloppy start for Minnesota, both offensively and defensively. Uh, a lot of turnovers. It seemed like the defense was a little loosey-goosey early on. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it didn't cost them early on, but in the 36th minute it, minute it did with uh, Christian uh, Dahomey uh, getting in behind the Loons' back line. Uh, center backs is sort of falling asleep there, uh, receives the pass, beats Tyler Miller, puts Vancouver ahead 1-0. Um, this has been a few matches in a row where we've seen kind of uncharacteristic defensive miscues for Minnesota United. Just little things. like they In 2019 and 2020 specifically, I think this Minnesota United defense was so solid because they did the little things really, really well. Right. Um, and it seems like there's been a little bit of a miscue on those over the last, uh, last few matches, just little things here and there, bad turnovers, falling asleep like they did in this instance, um, to, uh, go down one nil in the first half. Well, and with Michael Boxall and Chase Gasper, uh, both out right Pri- prior to Michael Boxall going out, we were talking about how. He's played every minute of every game. We're going to miss him during the Olympics. He's played every minute of every game. He goes down, and then the big story is, well, Chase Gasper still, he's played every minute of every game, and what, a game or two later, he goes down himself. So we're, we're, missing, we're missing two of the foundations of our team. The fact that this miscue happened once, uh, I, I that doesn't bother me too much. I... <laughs> I'm actually almost impressed it hasn't happened more often. I think that that is just a credit to right players like a veteran player like Brent Coleman being able to fill in so so well. Uh, DJ Taylor, a newer player to the team that we picked up out of the USL Championship, uh, being able to integrate him into the team and get him up to speed, and including putting him on the left, which I, I don't know how often in training he's playing on the left, but he he's typically a right back, so. I think 
given that those two players are out and that there's a formation that we don't normally use one miscue. Yeah. I wish it didn't happen. Yeah. I, I know that the players would, would love to take that back, but Hey, I, as I said earlier, we're still only averaging one, one goal against us every game. That's not too bad. No, no, it's not. And especially considering the circumstances that we've seen, like you mentioned, the personnel, uh, kind of switch ups due to injuries and, and whatnot. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's about as good as you can ask for <clears throat> from this, uh, from this back line. And, uh, you know, they, they delivered for the most part again tonight, but again, that miscue did, did put them down one nil 45th though. Minnesota United gets it back right before half excellent delivery from Reynoso to Finley who finished with some finishes with some gusto, man. That was uh yeah. that was a, uh, that was a rocket. He definitely didn't hold back. Uh, tie game right before half and I tweeted this but like I, I I always I'm always happy when Minnesota United scores but that that grin on my face just gets a little bit wider when it's Ethan Finley putting in the back of the net because that guy just works so hard he's such a you know talking to him during the pandemic last year um, he was on one of the Minnesota United uh, Zoom calls that they did early on in the pandemic when they were talking about the possibility of doing the MLS's back tournament, things like that. And, you know, he is kind of the the, the Players Association representative for Minnesota United. Um, and just talking about how passionate, you know, just seeing how passionate he was about making sure everything was safe and everything was right for the players and, you know, seeing the how much of a influencer he has been for Minnesota United during during his time here, how hard he works on the field. Um, he's just one of those guys. It seems like he always, he doesn't really have a problem getting himself into position to score a goal, but like, there's always like, you know, he's, just, you know, the, the pass is just a half step too far away, or there's just something there where like that finishing touch is just like screwed up just a little bit. But when he's able to put it in the back of the net, this is so great to see. Cause it's always, in my opinion, it's always so well-deserved for Ethan yeah. Finley to get a goal. Yeah, Adrian Heath always would say, play, play like the fans would play if they got to wear that shirt. And I, to me, that's Finlay. And that's why Finlay's always been one of my favorite players. Um, and I, I'll just add, Lud also credited with the assist on that. So it was yeah. Lud to Reynoso to Finlay. So yeah. Lud involved yeah. on that goal, Hockey too. Assist there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, tie game right before half, despite that kind of going in on those good vibes, Adrian Heath wasted no time, uh, making some switch ups there at halftime brings an Adrian new on for Ja'Cory Hayes switches the shape back from a four, three, three to the traditional four, two, three, one. They talked to him about it at half. He just says, we need to get back into our shape. And yeah. everybody knows Minnesota United shape is the four, two, three, one, which does beg the question, why go to the four, three, three, you know, from the beginning, but well, we, we won't necessarily go into that, but um, so this was really an indicator of Minnesota United's back in their shape. They're back in their comfort zone. And we saw a really one of the best halves. I think I've seen Minnesota United play all season here in the second half. Uh, 61st, big chance for Ray off a poor Vancouver turnover deep in their defensive third. But uh, Reynoso, he put this knuckleball shot like the ball was, you know, it was weaving in the air. He puts it anywhere else that's in the back of the net. But unfortunately, it is it is right at Hassel. Um, and even though it's a knuckler, it's right at him and he is able to corral it. I mean, if that's even just, you know, four or five inches either way, that's a, that's knuckling enough where I don't think the the keeper is going to get going to get a paw on it. Yeah. Yeah, that that was too bad. I I know Kendra was saying in the broadcast that Ray Reynoso would love to have that one back. Nothing much more to say other than that. That yeah. right Six. kicks kicks it just a little bit different. <laughs> it could have gone, could have gone in. Absolutely, but um, either way, it's still an indicator that that Minnesota United's continuing to press, continuing to push, continuing to be on the front foot. Sixty uh, ninth loons earn a kick outside the box. Reynoso takes it beautifully, finding the head of Unu. But the header goes off the inside of the post and out. Uh, that that would have been such a, uh, I think, a confidence booster for Unu. Would have been great to see him get a goal getting back in the match there in the second half. Was not to be off the post. Uh, but the chances just kept coming. Yeah. The, 
the way our offense works once Reynoso gets going, right? The, yeah. So as a distributor, yeah, and 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 that's why other teams focus on him so much, right? That that's why he gets hacked down all the time, all, all season long. He's been he's been he's been getting a lot of attention from the opposing defenders. But once Reynoso gets going, that's when our offense gets going, and we got to see that in the second half. Definitely. Uh, and paid dividends in the 75th after dominating nearly the entire second up to that point. Um, this is what we're talking about with Will Trapp. Wins the ball in midfield uh, and just, just takes it up himself, finds a streak in Lud, who has plenty of room to work with. Not sure what Vancouver's doing defensively there. They just kind of allow him to get the ball to the left foot. And he, uh, I mean, when you give Robin Lud that much time and space and the ability to put the ball on his left, he's not missing. It just smoothly, calmly puts it in the back of the net to give the loons the lead. Yep. Robin Lud, Ro- Robin Hood, as uh, a couple of people on Twitter finally pointed that out to me. That's why he does the I bow said, and arrow. Uh, I went with the old, uh, <laughs> I went with the old rock and Robin. That might've been a reference okay. that, that, that the kids might not have, uh, might not have gotten, but that's okay. Uh, it, but it, it took me, it took me almost, um, what two years he was signed about two years ago so it yeah took me until now to realize robin lud sounds like robin hood there you go and he does the maybe that you think that's why yeah that's what because james and i were confused about this and justin probably knew but justin uh justin had the week off on our most recent episode and everyone told us on twitter it was multiple people told us on twitter it was because Robin Hood sounds like Robin Hood. That's how he got the nickname. That's why he does the bow and arrow. And that's how you. So you didn't know either. Pronounced too. That's a that's a great great way to to do that. Yeah. So okay. So it wasn't just me and James that didn't know. You didn't know either. I didn't know either. I had no idea. Okay. Oh, well, now I feel better. I've never seen anyone make the reference before. Like you think of it was like widely known. Like you, know, you would see the reference made, especially with all the goals he's scoring and all the times he's doing it. You know, I don't know. Anyways. Maybe I don't know. Like maybe that the bow and arrow thing is implied more. I maybe I maybe know. people think it's a given. That could be it. That could be I, it too. Um, but yeah, uh, the Rock and Robin reference did, didn't didn't perform well on the Twitter machine. I think it's too old. Go listen to Jackson Five, kids. Okay, <laughs> Jackson Five. Uh, all right, eighty fourth minute. Uh, let me pull up my notes here. Uh, Vancouver on the attack, uh, send it back and forth across goal a couple times. This is a scary situation. Uh, Javane Brown fires a shot at Miller. He's able to catch it and hold on. Um, and then here we go, Sam. We talked about it in the beginning. Yep. We're circling back to it now. 90 plus three Vancouver scores after a PK, uh, contact in Minnesota's box in a battle for the ball between Finley and another Vancouver and a Vancouver player who I'm not sure it was not sure who it was. Um, players from both sides go down. It's called a penalty. Um, VAR, there was a VAR check, but I don't think you can really call it an official VAR review. If, if the referee wasn't able to go to the monitor, which he was not, but either way, they kind of allow the, the penalty to be taken. Um, Dijome converts it to level the match late. He does hurt his knee in the process too, which we haven't talked about yet. Uh, he goes down. I thought initially he might've gone down in the celebration, uh, but he, he came up at, immediately after he took that penalty kick. Um, so hopefully he's okay. Um, yeah. But either way, just, just leaving a sour taste in the mouth. We've kind of given our take on, on the penalty decision. Uh, we both disagree with it. Um, Finley, if if you missed earlier on, my take was that Finley was beaten to the ball, but he did not initiate any of the contact. The contact was initiated by Vancouver. So at the very least, I think it should have been a no call. I do, again, kind of referencing back what I mentioned before, I do kind of understand the referee in real time in that situation, not necessarily making the, you know, seeing it for what it is and, and, and making that kind of call. Um, but this is why you have VAR to go take a look at these things and make sure you get the call right. And in my opinion, they failed to do so in this particular case, but either way, 
it ends up in a uh, in a two two draw. Only one point for Minnesota United. Uh, definitely feels like two points lost. Feels like two points stolen. To be honest, uh, I think that might be the best way to put it. It feels like a loss. Uh, it feels like we're talking about a loss right now. I have to keep reminding myself that it actually was a draw. I have to keep reminding myself that the the streak is alive. But I mean, this is on the LAFC post loons. I accidentally called that a win like twice because yeah. that felt like a win, right? And then I mean, you score at the death to draw two two against LAFC, and then uh, you get scored on at the death for a two two draw against Vancouver. Uh, Minnesota United fans definitely living living both sides of that coin over this last week. Well, and it, it it seems like the team felt like the LAFC game was a win the way that, right? Like the things that Heath does after a win, he, he keeps his lineup unchanged. He, he did that today, right? Despite, despite the miles people put on their legs against LAFC that was talked about throughout the broadcast today, H- how much our players had ran at LAFC Adrian Heath likes to keep his lineup the same after a win. He likes to, if, if something's not broke, he doesn't want to fix it. He wants to keep things rolling. I agree with that, right? Like I'm, I'm all for that. But to me, that, to me, that shows that in his mind, LAFC was a win. So it it doesn't surprise me at all that you, you accidentally called LAFC a win. This feels like a loss. This absolutely feels like a loss. Um, Again, you know, I know you've talked about it before. The nature of this program that you have is that you're preparing while the game is still going on. And we start typing out notes as if this game is wrapping itself up. And I think you and I both are in the same boat where we just assumed that the game was over and we were going to talk about a win. Um, if it, we weren't talking about a win, I think we would have assumed that we got beaten. I, I don't think we would have assumed that Vancouver was just given a penalty. Yeah. I think that's a great way to sort of summarize this is, you know, Minnesota United comes out two two draw, but they, they were the better team <clears throat> tonight. You know, when you, when you think two, two draw against Vancouver, ugh, they, they, they were probably outplayed. They didn't play up to their potential. And for the first 45, they didn't, you know, right. But such a dominant second half. They they deserved the three points. Unfortunately, didn't get them. And that's that's the way she goes sometimes. I mean, that's yep. soccer, right? Um, you know, I, I grew up playing baseball, and I'm probably gonna lose all of our all of our viewers after I say I grew up playing baseball. But that's how it goes. You can get you can get 10 hits, score two runs, and face a team who gets five hits and scores six runs, right? That's how it that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes in sports sometimes. Uh, and unfortunately, Minnesota United has kind of again. They've seen both uh, both ends of the spectrum here: Wednesday against LAFC and tonight against Vancouver. Um, but let's move forward here. Let's look forward next Saturday. So you get the week off, which is huge for rest. Um, and now you go to Houston on, or excuse me, you were home against Houston on Saturday. Unfortunately, Christian Ramirez. Just made the transfer to Europe, so he will not be coming. Darwin Quintero, though, in all likelihood, will be. Um, and based off the second half we saw, when you talk about what Adrian Heath likes to do, I would assume he probably saw enough in the second half to go back to the 4-3-3-1 to start the game on, on, on against Houston um, in the traditional way with kind of the traditional guys, given who's healthy and who's available, uh, that we expect to see in that formation. I, I would assume so too, it's, yeah. especially with Finley playing the way that he has been playing. Agreed. Um, and then L- LA Galaxy the following Saturday. So two midweeks off coming up. That's going to be big. Again, this team's coming off four matches in 13 days. So having two straight midweeks off, you only go Saturdays, next Saturday at home against Houston, and then August 14th at home against LA Galaxy. Good opportunity here to get back on the front foot, or I guess keep yourself on the front foot because they weren't on the front foot tonight. So I'm going to say keep yourself on the front foot against a Houston team who's below you in the standings, but a pretty good LA Galaxy team. I mean, they beat they beat the breaks off of Portland. Was it last night or the other night? It was like 5-1 or something like that. Um, so this is a Galaxy team that's playing really, really well. 
So that could be a good measuring stick so long as you take care of business against Houston. Right. All right. We have gone 50 minutes. My voice, while it's it's back for the most part, it's you can tell it's 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 cracking a little bit now. 50 minutes of talking. Uh definitely needs a little bit more rest before it's back to 100 percent Um, I'm glad I didn't have to do this on my own again, Sam. Thank you so much for uh for popping on. Uh appreciate it. Um, and uh any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, guys. Thanks for thanks for bearing with us. Uh, you probably didn't want to listen to us talk about that draw. You know, we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talking At about our loons. But 6 we a.m. Central Time. <laughs> <laughs> but we we didn't we. Yeah, that was a tough game to talk about. That was a tough draw to talk about. There's four of you still tuning in right now. And for the four of you that are still tuning in, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. I mean, again, we're we're in August. It is officially August, Sam. August 1st. Yep. Uh, and now three. We, we're losing people. It's fine. It's people's bedtimes. I get it. Uh, they have better <laughs> things to do. Uh, but can't think enough. Everybody who's watching, everybody who will listen to the uh, podcast afterwards, who will watch the recording either on uh, Twitter or on YouTube after the fact. Uh, thank you so much. Sam, where can people find and connect with Pod Loons? Yeah, look for us uh, on Twitter at Pod Loons. You can look up Pod Pod on you Loons on any of the normal podcasting apps. We got Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're, we're iHeart. We're on all of them. Just nice. just look for us there. You can find us on Twitter at Pod Loons. We're on Facebook. I think also at pod loons and then Instagram or something else, but we don't update our Instagram anyway. So don't look for us on Instagram. Just find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you guys still on the vacation rotation? Or are you guys going to be out full strength this week? We'll we'll be full strength. We'll be full okay. strength. Uh, yeah. it, I, ironically, the one that's been the most consistent is the guy that's overseas and has to wake up at odd times to watch the loons and record the podcast. It's been Justin and I that have had to rotate in and out. So I I know, I know for a fact, James is uh, willing to, you know, stay up for some content. He helped me a couple, a couple of matches ago on post loons. So uh, that, that was ridiculous. I I was, cause he's seven hours ahead of us. Yeah. (laughs) I was texting him because I was like, I'm not staying up late enough to watch you on post loons. <laughs> hey, he said I he'd said, do it. So. Yeah. And he loved it. He wants yeah. to do it again. Hey, anytime. Anytime you guys want to jump on post loons, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to have you here. It's so much better than doing it solo. Um, I don't mind doing it solo, but it's so much better to have somebody here. And I think everybody watching we'll echo that fact that it's better to have two people talking about the match than one person rambling on for 30, 45 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, Sam, I'll let you get to bed, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Yeah. Take care, Jeremy. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Uh, we'll catch you next Saturday on post loons.